fitting Christmas song because it talks about how great is our God. And I want to tell you something, folks. He is great. Great really doesn't even come close to explaining or talking about how strong, how mighty, how powerful He is, how smart. It doesn't even come close to any of that. So we'll just say, how great. How great. Amen. It's good having all of y'all here this evening. And uh, do appreciate the Lord. We've got several things to be praying about. And uh, I do appreciate uh, your continued prayer for these that are, are having a little hard time going on right now. And, uh, and there are some that are having a hard time and they, they don't look like they're having a hard time. But I can tell you some are. And so, but I appreciate the Lord because no matter what test or trial we come to, He has made us overcomers by His Word and by His blood. And so I pre and by our testimony. And so I appreciate the Lord that we can overcome. What can we overcome? All things. All things. Amen. All right. Brother Ricky, how about come and receive our Wednesday night offering for us here tonight? And uh, it's good having uh, Andrew and his sister with us tonight. I think some of the other youngins were wanting to come. And, uh, but I think they called too late. So anyway, so if y'all get a chance to talk to them, tell them to call about an hour early. All right. Go ahead, brother. Amen. Thank the Lord. Do want to remind you about the uh, meeting in Albany. And those that are able to go, I think you'll be blessed to go. Uh, I've enjoyed it every time that I've gone down there. And the Lord has blessed me and helped me. And, uh, and then I was trying to think there's something else. Oh, the minister's conference for uh, ministers. Thank you. Uh, will be uh, last week in January. Uh, I think it starts on like a Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday or something like that. So uh, if you get an opportunity to go, I know the Lord will bless you with that. Tracy, you said y'all were going to have some special Christmas songs. Well, come on, let's do it. I think everybody that's in the choir and you children stand up, you should let us know that. It's kind of old. Uh, I do not have cancer, which I already thought I did. Uh, 
but I do have two tumors that will be getting removed somewhere around uh, the middle of this year, sometime June or July. Uh, that is going to be pretty risky surgery, but uh, the Lord took care of me before and he'll continue to do so. And I just thank them for not overcomplicating my life. Thank you.
Praise the Lord. That is a beautiful story. Someone else want to testify while they're getting that song together? I guess I'll testify. I'd like to thank the Lord for deeply uh, blessing your life for a short period of time. I, I got privileged to work with a guy four minutes or so, and then uh, and he left and he got a tree or whatever, tree service, and now he has a tree cut. Well, I called to check on him a while back. And just, just keep in touch with him, see how they Yeah. So I called him today to see how much uh, he charges to take down the tree. And he said he would take down both of my trees that I have in my backyard for just a couple hundred dollars. Wonderful. Wow. And that's that's amazing. That's a lesson from the Lord to me because he he told me his hourly rate. Yeah. And some of them trees can take six to seven hours. Depends on where you're located and how far up you got to go to cut. Right. And so uh, his hourly rate was right at two hundred dollars an hour. Wow. Oh, yeah. And said he would come take down both trees for just a couple hundred dollars. Wow! Thank so the I, Lord. So I just got to praise for that. That's right. That's right. All right. Thank you. 
blessing came to uh, this part of Georgia. Uh, I guess it was sometime in the early 70s. My parents uh, put me into a uh, school that was Presbyterian at that independent Presbyterian church down off of uh, Ogathorpe, Ogathorpe and Bull. It's a uh, very, it's one of the oldest Presbyterian churches in the country. <clears throat> and uh, I was just, uh, I guess I was like 11, 11 or 12 at that time. And uh, I'm going to tell you what, they had a chorus. Don't know what a chorus is? Okay. Not only is that after the verses chorus, but then a chorus is also children singing. And so the school had a chorus. And we had a big Christmas cantata. Don't ask me what cantata is. I think it's just like a big, I don't know. Anyway, and they marched us in. Huh? We had light candles. I've never been anything like that. Huh? But long story short, it made Christmas very special. Right, yeah. Mom, dads. Make Christmas special for your children. Yes. Make them very special because later on in life they'll remember that. Amen. And they'll want to emulate those special Christmases. I, I can't even remember all the stuff that, because that was a long time ago, folks. A very long time ago. But uh, one of the songs was um, Oh Silent Night. Is that what y'all just said? No. But anyway, Oh Silent Night, we had to learn it in German. Yeah, I don't know how I did it because I still can't remember it. And so anyway, but it was, uh, it was good. And I tell you, I think we're having a memorable Christmas this year with all of the plays, putting the children all through that. I think it's been good. So I would like to testify something about Christmas. Yeah. <clears throat> and all, we always had watch night service 
You got a little something to say about Christmas? I thank the Lord for Christmas. Thank the Lord for all He's done for me. Uh, I kind of thought about before, you know, when you get saved, it's kind of like that joy that you feel on Christmas. You know, you, you just feel that, you know, when you're a kid, you get up in the morning and you know, I went to sleep for two hours. You, know, <laughs> you, you, you sneak over into the living room and there's nobody there. You're kind of scared down to wrap them, so you go kind of wake everybody up. It's that joy. You feel that joy on Christmas morning. Yes. You know, and, and you feel that when you get saved. You, know, you feel that, that excitement and that, that contentment and that joy. You say, well, I got old now and the joy's kind of gone. 
Well, that was just kind of a, I don't know what that was, whatever it was. But when you get saved, it's better. And it's it's like so that. much better. Amen. He gives you that, and I thank the Lord for that. Yeah. That's right. Amen. Amen. Um, ask Todd. I was going to call several of y'all. Y'all need to pray for my memory. I was going to call a couple of you and ask you to have like a five or ten minute little something on it about Christmas. And I called one person and another call came in and that was as far as I got. <laughs> so, Brother Todd, if you would come and have your part. And uh, I'm glad I at least got through the first one. All right. Right. Praise God. I was, uh, I didn't really know how much to prepare, what to prepare, so I just did a little something. But I was thinking, you know, about Christmas and um, when we went out and did our Christmas program and bring, you know, just a little bit of Christmas to those, those kids out there. And uh, as I was thinking about some of those kids, uh, I have some people out there that I've been ministering to for years and I know their kids, and some of their kids were just little tiny kids, uh, and now they're teenagers when we first started talking to them. And we were at Butler Homes, and one of the kids um, came out and was running around, um, going and biting people stuff with us about the Christmas program. They were excited about the gifts. And he said, I still got my gift from last year, and it was a Nerf gun. And he still had all the bullets from last year with all the yeah. Nerf guns. Still had it in the house. I was thinking, man, that's just amazing. And, uh, but some of those kids, you know, they don't, they don't get good Christmases. They, they, all they get is what we give them. And uh, some of those kids, you know, get the gifts that we give them stolen from them, from their very own parents. And uh, we know this. We know that they do it. And um, it's, uh, it's sad. And it shouldn't be that way because, you know, Christmas is a time to give. Um, and and, and it's, just, it's just real sad that kids have to go through that. But it kind of reminded me of, of, of my uh, upbringing in my childhood and it, to me it was kind of f not really funny but I guess ironic in a way that that's how I was raised I was raised where my mom and dad would pull it together for a couple days and, and get us some nice Christmas gifts and we would open them and uh, a couple days later they would all just be gone they would take them and, and sell them for drugs but I can remember you know being happy at times going in there and seeing all those gifts under the Christmas tree and me and Jamie was talking about it you know I would go in there and, and, and get behind the Christmas tree at like one in the morning and just start opening them up slow as I could and peek into them open wrap them all back up you know it was fun I had a good time doing that and it got to where my grandma would have to come get the gifts immediately and take them to her house because she knew that her daughter and uh, son-in-law son yeah, would take them from us. And, uh, but as I was thinking about that, you know, the very kids that we're witnessing to grew up exactly like I did and their parents are exactly like I was before I got saved. And I thought that was just crazy how God does that, how he takes somebody exactly in that position and 25 years later he's the one preaching and, and trying yes. to help the kids out in the streets. And uh, I love, I love it. I love being able to do that. And I love Christmas. I, I think I had my tree up November first. I try to, uh, I try to make it special for the kids, like they were saying. And every time we don't, we don't have a lot of money. But when we get money, you know, some somebody will send a check or something, and I immediately I want to go buy Christmas gifts. And Britt's like, they got enough. And I'm thinking, yeah, but they could have just a little bit more because I didn't have that. And I wanted, I wanted my kids to be able to open up some stuff and be happy. Christmas and, and buy other and buy other Christmas stuff as well I was uh, and it was always you know Santa Claus the, the snowman and the reindeer and all that before I got saved and I like those guys it's kind of hard not to like those guys I like that whole story and I know it ain't the real story but I like that whole
whole story. So every time growing up, you know, it was never the birth of Jesus. It was always Santa Claus and yeah. and, and the reindeer and all those. Um, and whenever, you know, I got my own family, you know, it was never the birth of Jesus. I don't know if I ever told them about the birth of Jesus for Christmas. It was always Santa Claus and, and all that type of stuff. So uh, I'm thankful that, that, I, that, that the Lord saved me yes. and, and changed me completely. And now I can, I can uh, do it right for my kids. And they don't have to worry about the toys um, going bye-bye um, like, like I did. But I wanted to read um, just real quick uh, one, of my favorite, one of my favorite verses. Uh, not, I guess it's a Christmas verse, but Isaiah 9 and 6. It's very familiar. Everybody can probably just quote it. But it's one of my, one of my favorite verses you know, all year round. I just really like it. Um, just studying out what each one of those things mean, it's just, it's just really it's special. And it, it goes with Christmas. So I want to read Isaiah 9 and 6. If everybody would please stand. And I will not be long. So, praise God. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. <laughs> Praise God. How about that? that is one of my favorite, uh, favorite um, verses right there. Um, just the names. He shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Y'all can be seated. Um, so whenever, you know, whenever I thought about this, and I'd already, I think about it every Christmas, and every time you know November rolls around, I think about this verse, and, and I go and I read it, and I try to study out what these words mean. And you know, you can go back into a couple chapters before, and it talks about um, some other stuff, and then you can go to Matthew, and it all ties together, and it's just Christmas, and uh, and that's what I, that's what I, that's what I like. I like it. Uh, but you know, it says for unto us, because most of this is just self-explanatory. It really is. Uh, but when you get when you start breaking some of these words down, they mean some different things that, that you sure. thought they could mean. And you can um, by like Strong's dictionary, you can you can replace that word with another word in the Strong's, and it means the same thing, but it means something so much different. And literally, there's all kind of words in the Strong's that that mean that same word. And if you start studying them, and then you break them down and get into them, it just gets deeper and deeper, and it's really amazing. Uh, that one verse can be can be just that one little verse can be so much. But it says, "For unto us a child is born." If we go back a couple chapters in Isaiah 7 and 14 it says the Lord himself shall give you a sign behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel and then you can skip all the way up to Matthew 1 and 23 it says a virgin shall bring forth a son and shall be called Emmanuel which we know being interpreted is God with us. So that's what Christmas is about, right? When God became with us. Uh, John 1 and 14 says, And the Word, and we know the Word is God, was made flesh. Um, Colossians 1 and 15 says that He is the image of the invisible God. You want to know who, who Jesus is? He is the image of the invisible God. Um, so we're talking about Jesus, right? We're talking about Jesus. And that is the reason, what do they say on the thing? The, the reason for the season, right? This is what Jesus is. This is who Jesus is. This is why we celebrate. It is all about Jesus. I like the reindeer and the Santa. I like all that stuff. I got a, a Santa Claus ornament on my tree. Hopefully nobody falls out me for that. But we know it's about Jesus. My kids know it's about Jesus. And, and that's, just, that's just why we celebrate Christmas, right? Born to die for our sins. Uh, a, a lot of, of times, you know, we do celebrate the birth 
of Jesus. But every time you think about the birth of Jesus, we think about why he was born. So for me, Christmas, I've always thought about the birth of Jesus. But then for some route, I always twist into Easter somehow and his death and his resurrection. my, My brain pulls it all together. But we know that he was born for that very purpose, to die for our sin. And we know that Christmas, we celebrate the miraculous virgin birth. And that is the start of it. You know, without that, all the other stuff just falls apart. Um, and, and then we go and it says, uh, unto us a son is given. And when you look at that word given, there's tons of different things uh, where, where that word given can mean. Um, one of the things, a couple of them that I liked is, is when it says given, it says is to be delivered, right? So that son is to be delivered. Um, that son is to be rendered up. That son is to be turned over. It also can mean to suffer and to weep, right? The son is given. So Jesus was given for us. That's why. Um, we know for God so loved the world, right, that He gave. God gave His only begotten Son. And first, He must have to have been born in order for Him to have been given, right? For God so loved the world that He, he gave. He so loved me and He loved you that God gave Jesus for us. This ultimate sacrifice for our sins. The ultimate sacrifice for our sins. Jesus, God sacrificed Jesus for you and for me. That still blows my mind. A sacrifice is to give up something you love for something you love even more. And God gave up Jesus for us. That tells us everything we need to know about how much Jesus loves us. Uh, the just for the unjust, right? Jesus being the just and we being the unjust. That He might bring us to God. That's why. That we could be brought unto God, unto Himself. Uh, we celebrate the birth. And uh, we celebrate the birth of the Almighty God, how He came as a man. Christmas. Praise God. Merry Christmas. Um, and the government shall be on His shoulders. Um, I, when, I, when, I, when I first read this, you know, I had to go back and just to see how different our governments were back then and they are now. And it, makes, it does make more sense, you know, if you'll go back and study that. Um, and I read some other things. And basically they're saying, you know, the weight of the world shall be upon His shoulders. The weight of the world shall be upon Jesus' shoulders. Now your shoulders, they say that's where the place of your burdens are, right? They're placed upon your shoulders. And we know that Jesus, when He carried the cross, He would have carried the cross on His shoulder, right? That burden, that heavy, heavy burden. A burden, uh, that heavy load, your cares, your worries, your anxieties, right? We carry them on our shoulders, right? Between the neck, right between the shoulders. That is where... Between the shoulders, yeah, that is where the burdens are carried. And, uh, and I thank God that Jesus, right, carried that burden all the way to Calvary and died for our sins. I know, there we go. We're talking about His death. We should be talking about His birth. But to me, it, should, it just goes together. It just goes together with me. I'm carrying those burdens to Calvary. So a burden, right, is that heavy load. All the worries that we have throughout the year, all the cares we have throughout the year, maybe medical problems. Our church is full of medical problems, right? Those are burdens that, that we carry throughout the year. And I thank God that He carry, He can, if you allow Him, carry those burdens for us. We don't have to be burdened down by those things. We can carry on. As difficult as it sounds, as difficult as it may be, right, when we're going through that, right, we can let Him carry those burdens for us, right? We are to cast them upon Him, right? Cast our cares upon Him because He cares for us. A yoke would be carried on your shoulders, right? An animal on the back of His neck, on His shoulders. A yoke would be carried that way. But Jesus says, take my yoke, learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart, right? Come unto me, all who labor and who are heavy laden, who are burdened down, and I will give you rest for your souls. 
That's what he wants to do. Give us rest for our souls, for those who labor and are heavy laden, burdened down. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The weight of the world will rest upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful. Brother Jeff said he's great, right? We don't really have a lot of words that describe how great he is. But this word is a description of him. It said his name shall be called Wonderful, right? And Wonderful, I believe, is a word that we throw around a lot. I've ate a piece of cheesecake. Man, that's wonderful, right? Yeah. But it's not one. It's a good piece of cheesecake. But I think Wonderful should just be set aside for him because it says his name shall be called Wonderful. That's the miraculous. That's marvelous, right? Extraordinary. We're not talking about a, a piece of rib or a good piece of steak, right? We, call, we Sometimes we call those things wonderful. That's wonderful. But let's, let's set that aside for Jesus. Let's call Him wonderful and great because that's what He is, right? Everything He's done for us is just wonderful. I tell Him that in my closet all throughout the year. I just tell Him, you're wonderful, right? You're amazing. You're great. You're excellent. And all this different type of stuff. Um, counselor. Counselor to me, uh, I, I want, I, when I looked it up, I really wanted it to mean the same thing as comforter, but it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't mean the same thing, but a counselor can be a comforter. And the great thing is that it's not the same thing, but he is the same thing. He is our counselor and our comforter. Um, but the counselor to me, right? So we know it, it means advisor, an advice giver, a resolver of our problems, and a guide. I needed uh, to see a counselor one time when I was going through some problems. <laughs> And, uh, and it, it, it helped me just to be able to go and talk to somebody I've never met before. I didn't know who they was. I just went and I just spilled my guts to them. And you know what? I felt a little bit better. And I know sometimes we use each other. You know what? I just need to talk to somebody. I just need to get something off my chest, right? And we can use each other that way. But when we take our problems to Jesus, He not only just listens, but He can actually fix those problems. I remember I took my, my problems and, and all my cares and, and my anxieties and my depression and everything that was going on to that counselor. And you know what? I left there feeling a little bit better. I left there thinking, man, that was all right, right? But it, it didn't solve any problems. I went right back to my garage with those same problems. But when I took those problems to Jesus, when I took my anxieties to Jesus, when I took those depressions to Jesus, and I meant it within my heart, and I repented, right? He changed those problems. He fixed those problems. He took those problems away, right? He is the great and mighty counselor. And, uh, and I love him for that. Those are some of the wonderful things that he's done for me. So if you're ever in any problems, if you ever have situations, right, he's our counselor. There is no better counselor than him. There is no one who can give better advice than him. If we will listen and obey the advice of the almighty counselor, we can never go wrong. He is our guide. Um, the Bible says that, it says that he is the mighty God. The mighty God. Um, that that when I look that up, you know, I get the mighty warrior. I get champion. I get chief, right? Chief of all things. Uh, the excellent one, right? That is him. He is the mighty God. And uh, and uh, the Jehovah Witnesses will say, yeah, it just says he's a mighty God with a little G, right? But if we go to Revelations. Jesus himself calls himself the almighty God, right? There's nothing they can say about that. Um, and that means that he is the ruler of all things. He is absolute. We're talking about Jesus, the one born in that manger, right? The, the one we celebrate on this Christmas, the almighty, the ruler of all things, the absolute, um, universal, sovereign, omnipotent. I have to be careful with some of those words. Um, that means all powerful, unlimited power. That's Jesus, right? That's the baby. That is Jesus, uh, the everlasting Father, the eternal Father, the one who exists outside of time, right? And this was in Isaiah, so this was before the coming of Jesus. So they must have thought that not only is the coming Messiah, not only is he the Messiah, 
but He's going to be the Creator of all things. Not only is He coming uh, to be born a, a, a virgin and to grow up and to do all these great things for us, but He's going to be the very Creator of all things. They knew it back here. They knew it way back then. The architect of time, I heard somebody call it. Uh, the architect of all ages. They kept going on with these big, these big words, and I like some of them, right? Without end, right? There is no end to His time. He's outside of time. Jesus said, if you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. So we know that He is the everlasting Father. This verse here alone just says so much about Him that other religions, right? Even, um, even the Jews, right? When they read this, they don't take it for what we say it means. No. They don't take it for this. They take it for something else. They say this is Joseph, somebody else. They say this is somebody else in the Bible. This is not Jesus. They claim it's somebody else. And also in Isaiah 56, 46, the, un, the, un, the chapter they're not allowed to read, right? We go through that. We see who Jesus is even in the Old Testament. We can see that, right? Um, in this verse, it calls Him the Prince of Peace. That means He is the Keeper of Peace. He is the Master of Peace. He is the Ruler of peace, right? And that's what we search for. That's what it seems like the whole world is searching for, right? Everybody wants peace. Not everybody. There's some terrible people that don't want peace. But I think for the most part, everybody would love to live in peace with our neighbors, in peace with our families, in peace with our friends. But it seems like we have no peace. And it's because the people who have no peace just don't know the master of peace, the prince of peace. I know that we come... Um, we come and, and, and we want this peace. We want this perfect peace. Jesus says, if you'll keep your mind focused on me, I'll give you perfect peace. I can keep you in perfect peace. No matter the medical situation, no matter the problems we're in, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter the deaths, right? Do the deaths hurt? Yes, they hurt. They do. The memories of the deaths hurt, right? It seems like sometimes they may never go away, but He can keep us in perfect peace if we'll keep our mind on Him. And when we take our mind off of Him, that's when our peace goes away. That's when we start arguing with our wives. That's when we start yelling at the kids. It happens to all of us, right? Yeah. Let me, don't let me wake up and not go to that prayer closet and not have my mind focused on Him. i got five boys. Right? My peace is gone. Quick. As soon as I step out that room, I have to go and, and get my mind focused on Jesus before I start my day. I have to start my day in the perfect peace of Jesus. Right? This is the God that we serve. This is Jesus. Right? We know that we, this Christmas, hopefully all of us will have some nice gifts to open. Um, I know I've tried to get my kids some nice gifts, and we brought others some nice gifts. It's, it's, it's giving, right? We want to give. I don't really, what do they, what do we want? they always say, what do, what do you want? I don't, just don't take that money. I just don't want it, right? They always give me something, but just, just take it, and let's do something else with it, right? Because um, giving, is, yeah, I like to get gifts. I think everybody likes to get gifts, but sure. I really, really enjoy, especially this time of year, and it should be all times of year, to give, right? To give. Um, from our hearts to give from our, our God changed hearts. So as we're opening those gifts and those toys, we just we, we all we just need to remember, right, that the greatest gift we can ever accept is that gift that Jesus Christ has offered us, right? The greatest gift of all. The Bible says that the gift of God is eternal life. Yeah. And that is through Jesus Christ and what he's done, right? All the way from his birth. All the way to his uh, his death and his resurrection, his ascension, and his call to the Holy Ghost to come upon us. We know that that is a gift, right? Every good and perfect gift comes from above. There's so many wonderful gifts that Jesus gives us all throughout the whole entire year. And when we get those gifts, right, we want to give back. We don't want to take those gifts and hold them to ourselves and hoard them and put them in our pockets and let nobody see them, right? That gift of salvation can be given back by us giving out to the community. And we do a wonderful job, I believe, at going out almost every weekend and shining that light and spreading the gospel. That, that is the gift that we want to give back. The gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on, what a greater gift. Salvation has got to be first. You've got to be saved. But the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
Wow. An amazing gift. And it's offered yes, to all of us. So as, as, as we, uh, we gather around our Christmas trees and, and we think about you know, all the gifts that, that we were given and that we've got to receive and we gave and we're opening our gifts, just remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. If, go back, read this verse. Think about who He is. Think about what He's done. Think about the real meaning of Christmas, right? To celebrate the birth of Jesus, right? Our Lord and Savior. The Almighty. The Wonderful One. The That's One right. who saved us from our sins, right? That's the angel right. said that this man shall be called Jesus and He's going to be the one to save us from our sins. I'm so glad I'm saved and I'm so glad that God changed me and I'm glad that God changed you all and we know the, the real meaning of Christmas and we will do a good job at spreading it around to our kids so that our kids can do the same in the future if the Lord tarries. Thank the Lord. So many good things there. I'm not sure if this mic is going bad on us or not, so I'm going to swap this around here. It was so good. And uh, appreciate what he had to say. But that I, I, you know, we celebrate his birthday. December 25th. But in reality, we don't really know when he was born. And in all honesty, we're not so sure December 25th is that day. I'll be honest with you, it doesn't make a lot of difference. Huh? When you're younger, you want your birthday on your birthday. But as you get older, you'd rather have your birthday on a day that you can enjoy it. So sometimes I push mine back a little bit or bring mine up a little bit for, farther. And my wife, she just likes, she says, let's just do it the whole month. So that's what we do. We celebrate her birthday the whole month. Likewise, we ought to celebrate Jesus' birthday all year round. Amen? Because He is the perfect gift, the greatest gift. There are some... They're a lot smarter than I am, uh, and that doesn't take a lot, but there's a lot of smarter uh, theologians and all that, and they talk like it's very possible that Jesus was crucified on the same day he was born. And so that would be a miraculous thing. But the reason we don't know exactly when he was born is because that is not as important as in the day that he died. We know when he died. We know you can go, I I don't know it right in particular, but they can tell you exactly what day through the sun and all that of when it was because it was the same day as they celebrated Passover. And so there are good, very good records of exactly when he died. And uh, I do appreciate the gift that the Lord gave unto us. And uh, the thing that I I don't understand, I I like that over in Psalms 8 and 5, and I I talk about it off and on, 8 and 4. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Why would... God be interested in me. Huh? Why would the God of all creation 
be interested in little old Jeff Butler. Or Elliot Belcher. Or Trinity. Huh? Why would God be interested? What makes you so special? What makes you that God would... And now, maybe you don't get it. How many of you in here have gotten a call from any of the last presidents that we've had? Say, I was thinking about you and I wanted to say, Merry Christmas. <laughs> no, I ain't gotten anything like that. <laughs> Who's your, you know, I know how young people are. They, they get all excited about Spider-Man. Superman. I don't even know what the new guys are. I, there are a bunch of things. Anyway, a bunch of those guys. I don't even know anything about all them. Me, it was Superman. And when I first started watching Superman, it was in black and white. And the guy looks a little fat, in my opinion. He didn't look like what we would consider buff and all that strong back then. But anyway, uh, you know, we wanted... Superman's never called me. Well, the reason why is he's a figment of somebody's imagination. Okay? And uh, I, too, Brother Todd, love Santa Claus. I really do. I always have. And, uh, but I come to realize that Santa Claus was a real man at some point in history. But he's dead. And he's no longer alive. He was a great Christian. So when you see the picture, I, I like the pictures that I've seen several of, of the wise men and Santa Claus kneeling at the manger. He wasn't there at the birth, but it would be somewhat true. The uh, Santa Claus did worship Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And so, but just like the wise men, just like Santa Claus, they're gone. Thank the Lord. We serve an eternal God. A great God. A wonderful God. And this God is so great. Uh, how many in here have tried to bake cookies for the holidays? Huh? Gee, thanks. And then... Uh, how many of you in here have tried to make a gift for somebody that you want to give to them? Huh? Yeah. That's, you know, a lot of times you just do gifts. There have been years that Teresa and I, we couldn't afford to give monetary, you know, buy gifts, so we made cookies, you know? But the only problem is some of them cookies tasted better than some of the other cookies. <laughs> you ever notice that in the batch of cookies? Huh? Well, our God, He doesn't care about us people that way. He loves all of us. Amen. And uh, the thing that always intrigues me is how can this God, who is so great and so powerful, He created the sun, the moon, and the stars. And He... He uh, is at the outer extremities of all the universe. And he's also right here in this house. And he's also in my heart. Amen. 
Wow, what a great God. How big is He? Huh? How large is He? How marvelous is He? Huh? He can... He, I know we got Alexa now. You know? And you can say, Alexa, what's the weather? Huh? You know, and it'll tell you the weather. I haven't tried it. I'm scared to. But they say, you can say, Alexa, send me a bushel of apples. And in a couple of days, a bushel of apples will show up at your house. Care of UPS. But you've got to pay for it. Our God is so great that He can speak something and without having to pay for it, without having to do anything, without diminishing from one particle to another particle, He creates it out of nothing. He created the earth, the moon, the stars, the universe out of nothing. Uh, I, I still say I believe in the Big Bang Theory. God spoke it and bang, it happened. But the scientists are always wondering what started that. I tell you what started. God said it and bang, it happened. Amen. It didn't take any uh, material fusion or anything before that time. It just happened. And so a God that is so great like that, He's mindful of me. Little old me. This creator of all the universe. This, this God that, according to Colossians, holds everything into existence. Maybe that's what happened to my hair. <laughs> Thinking about it so much, it just burned all my hair off. It must have happened to you too. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we serve a great God. So there's this one verse, and I've preached from it a few times before, but I thank you, Brother Todd. I got about 10 or 15 minutes left. And so uh, you done a great job, though. Uh, I want to talk to us about Luke chapter 1 and verse 35. Boom. Luke 1 and verse 35. Y'all, all of y'all didn't get to be in Brother Roger's class. He did a good job on this. And so uh, <coughs> So for the benefit of the rest of you, excuse me, Luke 1 and verse 35, and the angel answered and said unto her, talking about Mary, this is the angel Gabriel, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee, therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. Also, that holy thing, which shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. <clears throat> I want to let you know, first of all, if you look in the Greek, the word thing is not thing there. That was added, I guess, for our benefit. Because in all honesty, even Luke, when he wrote this in the Greek, I did say Greek, but anyway, it's not in the Greek. But 
when Luke wrote this thing, I'm not sure he knew exactly how to describe this baby. How do you describe God being a man? How do you describe something like that? And so we see in these scriptures here, says the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest. In other words, that same Creator who created the sun, moon, and stars, who controls the oceans and keeps them out at bay, figuratively speaking, from flooding us all the time, uh, that same God, that powerful God, overshadowed her and she was going to give birth to this holy thing that would be called the Son of God. <clears throat> I, I want to say a few things here. <clears throat> there are, and I think I mentioned it, and I don't know if, am I repeating myself? Did I preach on this Sunday? Anyway, I might have. I hope I didn't. But anyway, I might have. Still on my mind. So maybe I get it preached out this time. But there are some things in the scriptures that are hidden in openness right there. One of the things that's so important for us to understand about this Jesus, this baby, this Son of God, is that He is the eternal Son of God. He is the one that was, when it said in Genesis, let us, he was one of us that was there, that was with them. Amen. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. God the Father, God the, uh, the, the Spirit, God the invisible God. That when they talk about the invisible God, they're talking about God the Father. <clears throat> Amen. And so here we see that somehow or another, and don't, don't ask me to explain it. I got some ways I tried, tried to explain it, but people laughed at me, so I don't do that anymore. But anyway, somehow or another, that great God ended up in Mary's womb. Don't ask me to explain this. But I, here's the point that I want you to know. This is not a marriage of man right. and God. This is not a joining of sinful flesh with Holy Spirit of God. Amen. This is not a, a meshing of them. This is the Creator of heaven and earth. The planner of all mankind. The planner and the one that's keeping those things that are going to happen and those things that have already happened. He's the one that caused all of that. That's Him in Mary's stomach. And so, there's a couple of words that I think are interesting. Up there in verse uh, 31, it said that she conceived. The, the Greek word there, really and truly, its main purpose in, in being called conceived is really not about a woman 
uh, having a baby within her stomach. Okay? You look it up. Now, you have to understand too, uh, I hope y'all are getting good dictionaries. Okay? Strong's is great. But you have to understand Strong's is only written to what we call the couch theologians. And so it will only give the most popular definition. There are some other uh, um, dictionaries out there that will show you much more. And so one of them, oh, I should have written it down. But anyway, uh, these are the definitions of conceived. It means uh, has been restored. It means collect or gather together like Gathering in the troops. That's where it's used the very most of. It means to take, uh, take with one or to carry off. Or sometimes it's talking about packing yourself off. You pack it. You know what I'm saying? You pack your stuff so you can go out of town. The other one means to put together or to close. Kind of like when you're closing a corpse. You know, you wrap them up. Guys, you remember? So it's like that. Okay. To shut a mouth, to enclose, to combine. Uh, it also has a, a verbal definition, meaning to combine uh, words together, to say as one word. Uh, it means in speaking to comprehend, to comprise, to uh, comprehend. Then um, it also can mean to lay hands on, to seize, uh, to help, to help pull. It means to seize a person, to apprehend a person, to arrest a person, to hold a person until you can bring charges to them. It also means of the mind, the grasping or the meaning of something, to be able to uh, uh, conceive an idea or a thought. It means that. Uh, it also means of a woman to conceive, to be delivered. Uh, it goes on, it means to take part in, to contribute to, to intervene in a storm together with circumstances. Uh, so we see that that word conceive means an awful lot. It does not necessarily mean being that. In those scriptures though, I think it's talking about that. But that is not the main definition. You say, why is that? Because in our analytical mind, well, maybe my analytical mind, I can't apply how you think. I found out people think differently. But in my mind, to conceive means you have to have an egg, and they have to come together in the location of a, of a womb, and that's what we would call conception. But I don't believe that's what God wanted us to understand. Right. To be born. To be born. And, and, and I'm, really, I'm really wanting to let these children understand some things. I'm, not talk, I'm talking about an eternal God that Mary carried around in her stomach. Okay? A God that was older than she was. An eternal God. Yeah, Amen. 
Um, to be born, you know, we think, and I think that they thought way back then to be born meant all of the different aspects that physically uh, are taken for somebody to be born, uh, like I was just talking about. Uh, you got to have a daddy and you got to have a mama. Well, guess what? There was no physical daddy in the birth of Jesus. Okay? And so, to be born, again in this Greek, it uh, means uh, to become. To become. Okay? Mostly of the Father. Isn't that strange? Born, to be begotten of your parents, to sprung from your mother, spring from your mother, to bring forth, to bear, to produce from oneself, to create, to produce, to grow, metaphorically, to engender, produce, to call it into existence, uh, and to produce total, uh, totality or whatever you may be trying to work into. It's like a magician. I, I think I lost y'all. Too much. I'm sorry. But like a magician sometimes, with sleight of hand, he'll bring a flower out of nothing. The Lord doesn't do sleight of hand. He is. He is. To be born though, is talking about giving birth. Bringing forth. Amen. That may not mean nothing to y'all. Wow, that means something to me. Amen. And when you start putting it to 1 John 4 and 2 and 3, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. How do you believe? Do you believe that the eternal God stepped out of the portals of heaven? We're not asking if we understand about being in Mary's stomach. Got into Mary's stomach and then was born as a little child. Huh? Or do you believe like so many? The Latter-day Saints. Uh like a lot of the others. They believe that Jesus was just a mist or a spirit sometime in the eternal past and came and was brought together with Mary to create this new being. No. 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 Jesus came in the flesh. The God man. Did you know there was a God man before there was a man man? Amen. There was a God man before there was a human. I said it many times. H U means humus from the dirt. When you talk about human, you're talking about a person who was born from the dirt. That means all of us. We are descendants from Adam, but guess what? Jesus is a man. And he did not descend from Adam. He created Adam in his likeness and in his image. Amen. With all the faculties, amen, that he gave unto us, which is marvelous because just look around us. The chimpanzees can't do what we do. 
The apes can't do what we do. The purposes can't do what we do. All things have been put under our feet on this earth. We're to have dominion over them. You know why? Because God's got dominion over us. And so, did Jesus come in the flesh? Or was He a mixture of things? Why does this matter, Brother Jeff? Why does this matter? Well, it gets back down to the sacrifice. If Jesus was just a spirit and the Lord just put him in a body and then allowed him to be sacrificed on a cross, where's the sacrifice? Isn't that a cheap sacrifice for God who can create anything and can create anything wherever He wants to, however He wants to, and as many as He wants to? Huh? Wouldn't that be a cheap sacrifice? But instead, (laughs) what is man, Lord, that You are mindful of me? That You would step out of heaven in the flesh and come to this earth in your flesh whenever Jesus said, Abraham, look for my day, and he was glad to see it. Hallelujah. He was talking about those eyes that seen Abraham itself. Amen. Uh, it, it was a miraculous thing. He came down out of heaven to save us. That we might be his friends might be his bride. I know, you know, and it does mean sometimes I, I always try to say it properly because of the age and the time we're in. But uh, you ladies probably doesn't bother y'all, but a man to be a bride, I mean, we don't want to do that, you know. But that's not what it's talking about. This marriage is talking about these friendships. That will last through eternity. Woo! Eternity! How long is eternity? Have I used this example lately? Have I used this lately? If, huh? Yeah. You heard it? You heard it? Bird? No, no, no. You heard it? You know what I'm going to say about the bird? All right, I won't say it. There's two that hadn't heard it. So if there was a little bird and if he could fly to the moon and if he would take one grain of sand off of the earth and carry it to the moon when all of the Sand on this earth have been taken to the moon. Eternity will have just begun. Just begun. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to my change. Eternal life. To be like Him. Amen. I appreciate the Lord. I appreciate His... His goodness to us. Christmas, what a wonderful time. 
Not just because of the time for family and friends, but because we can say and make another big deal about who we serve. Amen. We love Jesus and we love Him. Teresa, come get us a song. We're going to uh, close. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to run over. But uh, if you could come, let us pray and seek the Lord here this morning, this, this evening. And I, wanna, I want you to ask yourself, do I really know Him? Because that eternal God still cares so much about us that He's still willing to talk to each and every one of us individually. So let's come get to know Him right here this evening. Come on.
Before we dismiss here tonight. Go, Jeff. I, um, there is um, on the 24th and the 25th, they're allowing the 10 of us who did the play to go back to the jail. They're going to sing and do uh, whatever. I, I'm not holding a percent. They're going to let us preach and sing. Whoever shows up. And also on the 31st and the 1st. So 
Uh, I know it's Christmas time and we're all busy and stuff like that, but one of them told, Jamie does uh, guitar lessons there on Saturday, and one of them basically said, it's Christmas, they don't care about us. So, we can get away. All right. All right. All hearts clear? Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. There's some food in the back that's set on the tables if y'all 
All right. And also, um, now is not the time to do it, but Sunday. We really need to make sure that we get those two garbage pulled out to the front up there so that they can get picked up. They're full from last week and kind of rough. All right. What were you going to say? Sheila brought some goodies for all of y'all, but the other stuff, we need to put it on the streets. They were donated the streets. Did anybody uh, can go out on the streets? Did you hear that, They said that was for the uh, street. Not all of it. But hey, uh, I, I did want to add to something Brother Ryan said. Uh, you were asking for testimonies, and something had been on my heart, kind of like a deja vu moment in the place. Uh, sometimes, I know we ask a lot of you during Christmas, we ask an awful lot. But I had this thought, you know, I've written a lot of Christmas plays or helped write or put them together or other people's ideas, you know, a lot of them, great. most of them haven't been my original work. But um, you never know when you're asked to do something, when you're having a meeting with God's destiny for your life. Right. Uh, back when Robert and I first got married, um, the first Christmas, and he may have forgotten, uh, the church wasn't going to have a Christmas play because there was nobody to put one together. And guess who wrote the Christmas play that year? Woo! <laughs> and he didn't know, and I didn't know, that that was God's way of starting in motion something, you know. That's right. So you're asked to do a lot, but you don't know that by obedience now, what God is going to take that and grow it That's right. into something else for the future. And I just wanted to say thank you and to tell you that it's not like it's not going anywhere. Anything you do for God, he's going to build on top of it yes. and add to it later on. Thank you. And I guess for Robert, I have some goodies back there for y'all. i got to get them out of my car. And uh, I might add, some of y'all are excellent actors. All right, you're dismissed.